When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's holiday season, and you don't know what to get as a gift or a stocking stuffer. Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you to win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. It's called the Performance Package, and it will help you be the ballsiest gift giver this holiday season with Manscaped, especially when you use code DNVR for free shipping, and more importantly, 20% off. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava CBD Coffee. It's going to improve the quality of your morning because it's rich in CBD and CBG and can be delivered to your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks. Their CBD infused coffee has got me feeling fantastic since it helps with chronic headaches, joint pains, and so much more. Plus, you get zero coffee jitters if you happen to want three or four cups a day, which is typically my style. And right now, you can get 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR25 at Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Patrick Lyons. And on today's DNVR Rockies podcast, we've got breaking news that occurred late on Sunday night. John Gray signs a four-year, $56 million deal with the Texas Rangers. What happened? Why did it happen? What's next? Let's see if we can encompass all of that here in the next 40 minutes or so. As I said, John Gray is going to be a member of the Texas Rangers. We'll actually be a little bit closer to his home in Chandler, Oklahoma, where he grew up. Actually, it was going to be a lot closer. It's a 10-hour drive to go from Chandler to Coors Field. Well, now Chandler to Globe Life Field is only going to be about three and a half hours. So a lot closer to him, a lot more comfortable, something that I'm sure he's going to feel very comfortable with in general. He's a player that enjoys his creature comforts and felt like Colorado was a home for him. I think that will forever be true for John Gray and his family. But Texas may be even more at home for him. Gray, of course, joins Aaron Cook and Jeff Francis. This was something got to give Nick Rowe credit to. Saw him tweet this out as homegrown Rockies starting pitchers to reach free agency. It's something that we don't typically see happen, partially because the Rockies are very reticent to let these kind of players go. They extended Jorge De La Rosa, gave him a bit of a two-year contract about a decade or so ago, and we've seen how they've treated Antonio Senzatella most recently, giving him that five-year, $50 million extension. Herman Marquez, of course, signed ahead of the 2019 season. 
And so with starting pitching, so very hard to come by for this organization, not really dipping their toe in the free agent waters really since 2001 after they were burnt by the pair of deals for Mike Hampton, eight years, $121 million, and the five years, $51 million for Denny Nagel. They've been relatively quiet. Kyle Kendrick signed a $5.5 million deal as a free agent starting pitcher from outside the organization. That was what it was, of course. Did start on opening day in 2015 for the Rockies. Roy Oswalt got a couple million at the end of his career, but the Rockies need to hold on to these kind of players, especially when you have the best rotation that you've ever had, and John Gray was a major part of that. He's going to the Rangers, who have also signed Marcus Stroman to a seven-year, $175 million contract to play middle infield for them. And I say middle infield because, of course, he did play the 2021 season, finished third in American League MVP award voting, did that with the Toronto Blue Jays because Bo Bichette was over at shortstop. And Simeon also needed to try to reclaim some value as a free agent. So he moved over to second base, goes on to hit 45 home runs, most ever for a second baseman. A really great deal for him. Seems as if he'll be their shortstop, except for the fact that Texas does not seem to be done spending money. They've got the $56 million over four years, now committed to John Gray. They also give Cole Calhoun, 34-year-old outfielder, previously with the Diamondbacks, a one-year $5.2 million contract to really help out some of those young guys right there in the middle of the lineup. Decent deal for him, of course, but there are some speculations that Texas is not done spending, and they still may be interested in Trevor Story. Those rumors are not dead just because they've now went and spent over $200 million on Sunday for these three players doing very much what the New York Mets did on Saturday by signing three guys in a very short amount of time, albeit for much more money. The Mets signed a trio of 34-year-olds in Eduardo Escobar on a two-year $20 million contract for him to most likely stick it out at third base. They also signed Mark Canna to a two-year deal to put him out in the City Field outfield with Canna getting $26.5 million. And the big deal, of course, being Starling Marte, four years at $78 million. So the Rangers doing very much the same thing, except getting the much more marquee name in Marcus Simeon, the 31-year-old middle infielder. We'll see what happens going forward if Story happens to join John Gray. Aggressive market right now for starting pitchers. I wouldn't say it's crazy. We, we do know the value of starting pitchers. Kevin Gaussman, a Colorado product, signs a five-year deal with the Toronto Blue Jays for $110 million, gambled on himself in the 2021 season by accepting his qualifying offer from the Giants. Is really fantastic for them all season long. Is their ace, and he's going to get paid by the Blue Jays here. Even a banged-up Corey Kluber got an $8 million contract with the usually chintzy Tampa Bay Rays at $8 million for next season. Michael Waka gets a one-year $7 million contract. And Michael Lorenzen, who we've typically seen him as a relief pitcher, 
also saw him in the outfield for a little bit. I wrote about that back in 2019 when the Reds came through town, his interest in being a two-way player right around the time of Shohei Otani. Well, he's going to have a chance to have Otani as his teammate. He signs a one-year $7 million contract and is looking to be a part of that rotation. Good buddies with Noah Syndergaard. I know they work out quite a lot together. Luis Castillo has been bandied about by a few teams, Dodgers and Angels. Yet again, the asking price is reportedly quite high for Luis Castillo. But John Gray getting the four years, $56 million contract from the Rangers. I would say somewhat substantially more than the three-year deal the Rockies offered him during the final homestand in September. It was three years at reported 35 to $40 million. So ultimately, we're talking 12 to $13 million annually. And that is typically what teams are going to want to spend for a player of John Gray's caliber. And I think the Rockies were really hoping on... I don't want to say getting a hometown discount. They just thought John Gray wanted the Rockies just as much as the Rockies wanted John Gray. And do the Rockies need John Gray? That's very much debatable, I would have to say. Because again, if you're not going to contend right now, why do you need certain players? I understand. I understand we have an affinity towards our superstars, our homegrown guys, the guys that we drafted, developed, and have wanted to see throughout their entire time as, as a professional ball player. And we're used to them making a smile on weekends and weeknights during the summer. But if the goal is to win a championship, I don't know that any single player can help the Rockies right now win a championship. It's going to take a special group of players. And the Rockies had that group of players in 2017 and 2018 and really just needed a better group of guys to supplement that strong core, which John Gray was a part of. And right now there is a core that I would describe as strong in the starting rotation. However, I don't think on the offensive side, the Rockies have that same strong core. They're going to be without story this year. They lost Nolan Arenado last offseason, so that core just isn't there on both sides, on the pitching side and on the offensive side. And so, therefore, one player is not going to make the difference, for better or worse. And I'm very sad to see John Gray go and to leave the organization. It's nice that he'll be in the American League, so he'll be much more of an afterthought. Rockies do typically come in contact with the Rangers. They're going to play them twice next season, once in Texas, once in Colorado. So it'll be nice for John Gray to come back at some point. But this is ultimately a transaction that we thought was pretty much going to happen for the Colorado Rockies. And now maybe, and maybe they're going to take some of that money they were going to spend on John Gray and use it elsewhere. Because GM Bill Schmidt did say they were looking to add some pop in the outfield and spend some money. Now they have done that. They have spent some money this offseason. A lot of it for the next couple years, 2023, 2024, and beyond with the Senzatella and Diaz extension. But how much does that improve the 2022 team? Will they be spending that much more money? Will they take the $13 million they were going to spend John Gray and use it elsewhere to really bring in an explosive bat? Aveseo Garcia ended up signing a four-year deal with the Miami Marlins, who spent over $100 million on Sunday. You may be disappointed or flummoxed to hear that the Marlins are now spending money. 
So it remains to be seen how the Rockies may manipulate some of the things that have been going on as they have spent money, but have they really improved their club? And of course, John Gray going elsewhere means you are worse than you were yesterday. And sure, bringing back Jolie's Chessin and CJ Crone, it's a good move. Those were, those were good transactions. It doesn't feel like you've made yourself a lot better this offseason because those are two players you had last year. Yes, they were free agents. And so you had a CJ Crone sized hole over at first base and a Jolie's Chessin sized hole in your bullpen that have now been filled by CJ Crone and Jolie's Chessin. But this was a team that still lost 87 games last year and is now without one of their horses in the starting rotation in John Gray. So yes, this does not bode very well right now for the Colorado Rockies. Now, why did it happen? First, let me tell you that we are incredibly thankful for everyone who came out to the watch party on Sunday. Big W over those Los Angeles Chargers. Tailgate was popping off with all-you-can-eat sexy pizza, all-you-can-drink Breckenridge Brewery, Avalanche Ale, Strawberry Sky, also had the hard seltzers there. It was absolutely fantastic. You know Rams and Buffs are doing the same thing in basketball and football. Of course, you got Avalanche and Nuggets with their watch parties. Make sure you're subscribed on Twitter to at DNVR underscore sports to find out all about those watch parties. And if you're a member, you already know a lot of these things. You're in the Discord. You don't have to worry about politics and a-hole. You're talking to us directly, talking to the host and the diehard fans, just like yourself, you get extra raffle tickets and you can win a bunch of free gear when you show up to our watch parties. If you want to get in on the action, thednvr.com for just 50 cents your first month. If you want to give us that test trial with all the great Broncos, Avs, Nuggets, Rockies coverage, rugby, we've got a lot. If you want an annual membership, it's a great holiday gift. You're going to get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com and you don't have to worry about the supply chain because we are locked and loaded. We've got a big storage unit, a little shelving set up downstairs at the DNVR bar. So we gotta make sure that we've got all the sizes for you guys. Probably already tapped in to a lot of those Black Friday, and Cyber Monday, Small Business Saturday. You tapped into all that already online. If you haven't already, make sure you do so at the dnvr.com to get your membership or dnvrlocker.com. As I mentioned, Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR and they're also our official seltzer. The good company, Hard Seltzer. We're keeping it in stock just barely. You can keep it in stock when you go to King Supers, Costco, just about anywhere. Get that 15 can sampler, that tap pack, of course, named after Ryan Maltapia, number 15. And what's really cool too is that Breck is donating profits to the National Parks Conservation Association this year to help prevent forest fires. So you're giving back to the community while giving a little something good to yourself with Breckenridge Brewery's Good Company Hard Seltzer. Football fans, I need to talk to you directly right now. I know we all love action-packed, high-scoring NFL games, but with this latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. Seriously, new customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score, and when they do, you win $100 in free bets. It's that easy and rewarding. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. 
So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. Bet just $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets if they do. And you score with promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only, new customers-only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Right now, I'm on what I consider to be a bit of a heater. 3-0. and I've won my last three. Yeah, I was not right about the World Series. I did have six games, but no, it wasn't Houston. It was Atlanta. Did have that IX 3-1 win over Dortmund. Did have the Burnley draw that was plus 225 against Crystal Palace. And of course, on Thanksgiving, plus 250. Did have Raiders over those Cowboys. Well, I decided to up the ante and go plus 310 for my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Plus 310. It's coming up on Tuesday, so get that bet in early. Norwich at Newcastle. Now, Norwich has won two of its last three. Newcastle has yet to win at all. So stay away from that draw and just go with the win. Plus 310, my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Norwich to win at Newcastle in the English Premier League. So let's see if we can unpack why this happened. Why is John Gray no longer a member of the Colorado Rockies? Well, A, this is something that's been discussed on this podcast for several years. No extensions were given to John Gray. Antonio Sensatella got an extension. An extension is what happens when you have control of a player, right? You get, get him for six years, and before they become a free agent at the end of those six years, you extend them and say, hey, you know what? We want to keep you around longer than those six years. This is what we think you're worth. We're going to give you a guaranteed deal. So even if you get hurt and you miss some time from Tommy John surgery, guess what? You're still going to get some guaranteed money. But hey, because of that guaranteed loot that we're giving you, we would like a little cost certainty and we would like to get a couple of your free agent years. And so when you're still in your relative prime at 29, 30, 31, maybe even 32, whatever it may be, we want to buy out those free agent years. For whatever reason, Colorado Rockies did not work anything out with John Gray. It's a similar predicament that we could have on our hands here very shortly with Kyle Freeland, because Kyle Freeland is going to be a free agent after the 2023 season. Next year is 2022. A lot of organizations, when they know they're not going to re-sign a guy and they don't want to be left with nothing, they will trade a player usually two years out from free agency because one year, hey, that's very clearly rental. But two years, you've got something going. It's one of the reasons why the Padres targeted Adam Frazier to play second base for them at the trade deadline because they would have him for another season. Well, that didn't work out for them. And one of the moves this weekend was they traded him to Seattle. That's right. Frazier is in Seattle. Gotta love that. And so they got back some prospects. So it was a risk that they took, but they were able to mitigate that to a certain degree. And here we are, Kyle Freeland coming up on two years before he reaches free agency. And so John Gray was not given that extension. So he entered 2021, and whether you may agree or disagree with the Rockies' assessment of this year's team, they decided they may have a contender on their hands. And so trading John Gray in the offseason, December January, February, after Nolan Arenado was off the roster, they thought, you know what, that's not a good idea. Maybe because, and you know, they said this later on down the line, they said this during the season, 
that they wanted to keep him around for the long haul. Yet, they didn't offer him an extension during the previous offseason, during the 2021 regular season. They didn't do that. So not sure if they were exactly putting their money where their mouth happened to be at that time. Nevertheless, they go into the season with him with one year left. And you know what? They, they approached the trade deadline. And on July 30th, that day, I believe they were 15 games under 500. Very clearly, not going for the postseason. Not looking to acquire players, but rather looking to jettison players to not only save them money, but hey, this club who you got to think has a decent core. Certainly the starting rotation is a pretty good core. And certainly you know that you're hearing a lot of rumbling about the future of this organization being a few years away. You're starting to hear about Michael Tolley over at first base. Hey, CJ Crone's going to keep that spot warm for him. We know that the Rockies need a shortstop for the next couple of years to keep that position warm for Ezekiel Tovar. So again, these young guys are on their way up. And so at the trade deadline, see what you can get. You don't want to get a bag of balls, and no one was offering a bag of balls for John Gray or Trevor Story. That's insulting. The Rockies certainly did not have leverage when it came to trading Nolan Arenado, but they were still able to get some helpful pieces. Yes, they paid for it by paying down Arenado's contract, but they still were able to get some pieces. And so if you trade John Gray at the deadline because you're not going to re-sign him or you're not going to be able to afford to re-sign him, well, then you trade him and you help your team get better for that next group when they come up, when that next window of contention begins. But they don't do that. They hold on to him because they want to re-sign him. They feel they can re-sign him. And yet, as the calendar turns over to August, even turns over to September, it isn't until the final homestand, which began on September 21st, less than two weeks before the regular season would end, that the Rockies reportedly offered John Gray an extension, which at that point, he's still a member of the Rockies, so it would have been an extension, knowing full well that in a couple days, he was going to be a free agent. According to The Athletic, they offered John Gray three years at somewhere around $35 to $40 million. So that's $12 to $13 million for a player who's about to reach free agency and 29 other teams will be able to get their mitts on him, talk to him, woo him, give him more money perhaps than he's even worth because maybe their club is in desperate need of starting pitching and has an even stronger core or simply has a lot more money to spend. And so therefore, they'd be willing to give John Gray more than the Rockies could even give him. I'm sure they want to give these players enough money to make them more than comfortable. And yes, the deals that we've seen this offseason have allowed these players to be comfortable. But if it's just play money, hey, here's a couple extra mil. Why not? And of course, that isn't play money to Dick Monfort. And yes, that is a key component to all of this. But if we're talking about the baseball side of things, that contract that was extended to John Gray was for essentially the same annual value but less years than was offered to Antonio Senzatella, a player who is not even going to be a free agent for two more years. So you have the Rockies giving Antonio Senzatella $12.5 million over those final years of his contract, a player who has zero leverage because the club has control over his contract for two more years and will not be a free agent 
until those two years are up, they give him the same contract to John Gray, who is a free agent and has those 29 other teams, as I've elaborated. So John Gray, of course, I don't think was insulted, but knew very well, hey, there's going to be somebody else out there that's going to give me more than that. And maybe the Rockies will up their offer once I officially, officially become a free agent, which was going to happen. And when it comes to free agents, there is always a number that teams feel comfortable with. And there's probably a number that most teams would just sign on the dotted lines. You might find, hey, if, if, if you could have John Gray for three years at $40 million, how many teams would have signed up for that in their situation? And I, I think you'd probably find there might be 20 teams that just go, hey, shoot, this is my only guy. Yeah, I would take him. I would take him at that price. Obviously, I'm totally taking context out of the equation, right? Just in a vacuum, there'd be a lot of teams that would want him for that. Well, once you reach free agency, there is a lot of bidding and, ah, all right, I'd be comfortable with 45. All right, I'd be comfortable with 50. All right, I'd be comfortable with adding that fourth year. And that's where the negotiations come. And so John Gray says, thank you, but no, thank you. I'm going to go shop around a little bit. But even then, it's not over yet. Even then, it's not over because the Rockies had an opportunity once the World Series ended they had five days to decide if they wanted to extend a qualifying offer to John Gray. As we've talked about on this podcast before, we even go back in late October, went through the history of qualifying offers, and the average salary of the top 125 players in baseball came out to $18.4 million. Came down from last year, it was at 18.9 mil. This year was at $18.4 million. Very much like a franchise tag. That's where that number comes from. And so they could have extended him that $18.4 million qualifying offer for one year. Sure, that's a good $6 million or 150% of what they were hoping to get him for, but it would only be for one year. And if it doesn't work out in 2022, then you can go ahead and trade him at the deadline and get back something because you can't put a qualifying offer on a player more than once. Once it's been happened to a player, that's it. And once a player has been traded, they also can't have a qualifying offer put on them in that year. It's one of the reasons why Starling Marte was such a hot commodity because the team that signs him doesn't have to give up a draft pick or anything like that. Same here with John Gray because the Rockies did not give John Gray that qualifying offer of $18.4 million, which means, which meant at the time and means now that the $56 million contract that Gray signs with the Rangers does not compensate the Rockies in any way. They get nothing for him. They traded him at the deadline for a bag of balls. Well, they, they would have had a bag of baseballs. But right now, they get nothing for him. The threshold is $50 million, where if a player gets over $50 million, the team that had their qualifying offer rejected by the player gets a compensation pick after the first round if you're one of those small market teams like the Rockies. If it's less than 50, you get one after the second round, which is in the 70s. And so, sure, you might say, well, he got more than $50 million. We know Story's going to get more than $50 million. So, wow, the Rockies could have essentially had three first-round picks this year. You could say that, but again, that qualifying offer does loom large when it is given to a player, and teams know right that they're going to lose a draft pick for signing someone else's player that got a qualifying offer. So that's going to factor in a little bit, and the team's going to say, well, shoot, since we're going to be losing this draft pick and this pick is worth X amount of dollars to us, you know, John Gray, uh, you know, we can only offer you 
three years, $40 million. And perhaps that's maybe where the Rockies were going to go and say, look, we'll give you three years, $40 million, because that's probably what you're going to get on the market once you reject this qualifying offer we give you. Except they didn't give him the qualifying offer. So now there are no restrictions for the other 29 teams if they sign John Gray. And so the Colorado Rockies lose 98 games in 2012, their worst season in franchise history. But you know what? They get the third overall pick, and they pick a big six foot four right hander out of the University of Oklahoma with the third overall pick, Jonathan Gray, as he was known at the time. And now they've got nothing to show for that. Yes, they've got consecutive postseason appearances, no doubt about it. But one of the reasons why people within the industry really scratch their heads when it comes to the Colorado Rockies is because they don't do enough of the little things well when they need to. And managing your assets is an important part of being successful over a long haul. And getting nothing in this instance is not acceptable. I've mentioned it before about the Boston Red Sox. They had they had Andrew Miller, who was going to be free agent at the end of the year, 2014. And they turned around and they dealt him for Eduardo Rodriguez, a player who rejected their qualifying offer this offseason. And so they will be getting compensation back for a player who is going to be a free agent after the 2014 season. Here we are now, close to eight years later. And yes, Rodriguez was the player that the Rockies could have had, but unfortunately that deal was blocked by owner Dick Monfort. They were going to give up Jorge De La Rosa, who was going to be a free agent at season's end. Yet, no, unfortunately, that was blocked. So again, you have an asset, and what do you get for it in the long run? You can't, you can't be perfect with everything. We saw that with, with David Dahl. Yes, a guy who was an all-star in 2019. By the end of the 2020 season, he's gone for nothing. That's disappointing. That's frustrating. It seems like a bit of a head-scratcher. As time has gone on, I am able to say I can kind of give the Rockies somewhat of a pass on that one. The only way they really could have done that is by having traded David Dahl after the 2019 season. I understand why they didn't, but if they were more aggressive on the trade front. Now, Tampa Bay is one of the most aggressive teams on the trade market. And if you're going to behave like them, you're going to have a lot of people upset because you're going to have a big turnover on the roster of players. But believe me, there are plenty of people out there. There's plenty of you listening right now that are saying, you know, that's that's fine. If we're going to win ball games, I don't really care too much who is on the roster. I want to win games. And so you have to manage those assets. You have to trade when the stock is high on a guy, especially if it's not a guy you know you're going to keep around or you know you can't afford. You can't talk a certain talk if you're not going to walk a certain walk. And if you can't really do either of those things, you got to know who you are and make the best of the situation. And in this instance, Rocky's getting nothing for John Gray is serious, serious mismanagement. But one company that does not mismanage anything they do is Ball Aerospace and Technology. Right now, they are hiring for folks at their manufacturing plant in gold. In fact, they're looking for production technicians and they're hiring starting at $27 per hour. Yes, you also have the ability to get comprehensive insurance the day of your hire, 401k and retirement. You can also get increase in wages at six, 12 and 18 months on the job. It's a real fantastic opportunity. Make sure you text GOLDEN to 77222 to get linked to their open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com 
and search for Golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden or simply text Golden to 77222. Then you can take that hard-earned paycheck and buy yourself a home with the expertise and support of Chevalier Mortgage. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind with the highest level of integrity, something they always do by putting their borrowers first. Keep in mind, if you are a homeowner right now, we know prices are going up. I've got some family trying to move to Colorado and our realtor, good friend of ours, she's been busier than ever this winter. So that demand is still going on and it's only going to keep going up next spring. And you've got some natural equity in your home if you are one of those homeowners and you can make the bubble work for you and refinance out of that. Right now, they got a cool perk for DNVR listeners right now. You visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, make sure you get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options regardless of your situation. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. We've got a new sponsor we'd love for you to support, and it's Snooze Mattress and SnoozeSleep.com. Their Snooze Flip is the most universal mattress on the planet. It's one designed to fit every body. It's the world's first 4-in-1 mattress, so you can choose soft, firm, cool, or cozy. Flip it to choose your comfort level and zip it with a reversible and washable temperature-regulated cover. What you want today might not be what your body needs tomorrow. Typically, you buy one mattress, Typically, you buy one mattress to last eight years, but a lot can change in that amount of time as you get fitter or maybe healthier. As you get fitter or maybe heavier, definitely older. So customize it to your fit. Zip it, flip it, and choose your snooze. Use code DNVR when you visit snoozesleep.com and receive $250 off a mattress and $250 off adjustable base when using code DNVR. That's $500 in total savings at snoozesleep.com with code DNVR. So what's next for the Colorado Rockies now that John Gray is a member of the Texas Rangers? Well, there's a six foot four crater in the starting rotation right now in the back. Of course, if you're writing out your lineup card right now, you're going to have Herman Marquez on opening day. Kyle Freeland as your number two. Split up those lefties. Antonio Cinzatella as your number three. Austin Gomber as your number four, and who's going to be number five? Well, right now there's three candidates for that job. Peter Lambert, of course, will probably get the first crack at it as he's got the most experience, most service time. Just came back from Tommy John surgery late in 2021. He's a guy who really needs to add a lot more innings on that arm. He's got an option left, so he could be doing some of that down in Albuquerque. But as I said, I think he may get the first crack at it if there are no other transactions at this point. It is anyone's game. And so that could mean Ryan Feltner, who we got to see over two starts in September. He was a player who needed to be added to the 40-man roster ahead of this year's Rule 5 draft. And so one of the moves that I like that Bill Schmidt has decided to utilize is essentially calling up these players a bit ahead of time. Instead of waiting until after they're added to the 40-man roster, well, shoot, let's give them some big league experience a bit earlier. So we got to see Feltner. Didn't look like he was ready, 
but did look like he wanted to be a big part of the Colorado Rockies starting rotation going forward. We'll see if he can stick around, if he'll need to be moved to the bullpen as more of a power arm from the right side. But from the left side, top pitching prospect Ryan Ralston finally here, added to the 40-man roster. He's another player that, going out to spring training, might be able to win the job. Again, this is if they don't add anyone else. Got to give a shout-out to our guy Justin Wick from Purple Row, who I did see tweet out, could we see a return to the starting rotation for Jolie's Chassin? I like it. There are crazier th- ideas out there, crazier things circulating in the world. And so there are some other starting pitchers on the Rockies 40-man roster, like Hell Chris Oliveris, though he did only top out at high Spokane, so not quite ready yet for the big leagues. Maybe we see him by the end of the year, but a lot of games, a lot of innings needed to be filled in April, May, in June, don't really see the Rockies going outside the organization for a free agent signing. So they're going to have to make a trade. Did publish an article a couple weeks back about some players from the Marlins that could be a good fit. Turned away from Sandy Alcantara because the price would be too much. He signed a five-year, I believe, $56 million extension to stay in Miami. Part of that $100 million spending spree by the Marlins along with Avisael Garcia. On Sunday, Eliezer Hernandez, Pablo Lopez are the other two guys. I break down which one would be the better target for the Rockies. So if you're subscribed to the DNVR.com, you can go ahead and take a look at that article from a couple weeks back. So if it's not a trade, it could be a couple pieces here and there, a couple quadruple A starting pitchers, some guys that may be down on their luck. It's so much harder for Colorado to pick up that C.J. Crone-type player who needs the minor league deal to get him into camp, and as long as he's healthy, he can win the job and take over and do the thing. Connor Joe even came out of nowhere, right? Those guys, that, that can happen for the offensive players in Colorado because if you can hit in Colorado, you can hit in 29 other places. Or if you struggle in Colorado, that's okay. There's still enough there to suggest you know what? You did accomplish something while at Coors Field and playing ball throughout the NLS. But for a pitcher, if you're not good as a pitcher, that can be really crushing. And you know what? If you're signing a minor league deal or you're signing a one-year contract, you want to have much more of a future. And so a really good year in AAA for someone else could set you up for a much better payday down the line or just a much better future in general than having to deal with Albuquerque, having to deal with Denver. And so the Rockies are at a major, major disadvantage when it comes to attracting struggling starting pitchers. It's a major disadvantage. And this is one of the reasons why they cannot afford to let a guy like John Gray go. And they do let him go, and they do allow that to happen. They've got to get something in return. Because John Gray right now is at the top of the leaderboard for the Colorado Rockies. And and will be for a very long time. Very long time. He's seventh in baseball references, wins above replacement at 12.2. But in fan graphs, he's actually fourth in franchise history among pitchers at 15.7. He's tied for seventh in career wins in the franchise with Pedro Estacio, who had a birthday on Sunday. How about that for strange? Both guys, 53 wins, now linked together in a much different way. His win-loss percentage, seventh. In franchise history at 520. He's also seventh in ERA plus at 107. He's sixth in innings pitched, 829 plus innings. 
He's fifth in games started, 151. Third in fielding independent pitching at 3.91. FIP is a stat I really love. Even expected FIP is probably a bit better, and that's basically removing your defense altogether. And you say, well, hey, defense is a, is a, is a part of it, right? But if you've got poor defense behind you, your ERA is going to be a little bit higher, isn't it? So fielding independent pitching really takes into consideration the three things a pitcher can control, right? His command as far as walks and or hit batters and strikeouts and giving up that long ball, which that's one of the reasons why there's expected fielding independent pitching because in different ballparks, some batted balls are home runs, other ones, not as much. So fielding independent pitching kind of removes that defensive element, which we know Rockies pitchers have a serious disadvantage with the largest outfield in baseball. So he's third in that category, 391. That's probably what the Rangers are counting on to say, hey, 391 in that big old ballpark, hmm, that's going to play pretty nicely in the American League West, even if it is up around four. Do not be shocked if his ERA dips down to close to four and is better than his career mark. He's second in strikeouts. 849 behind only, of course, Jorge De La Rosa, and also second in strikeout-to-walk ratio behind Hermen Marquez. So basically, he's missing bats, but he's not missing the strike zone. Three to one. Three strikeouts for every one walk. Pretty impressive. And he's number one in strikeouts per nine. Over nine strikeouts, over a nine-inning average. And maybe what he'll be most remembered for, he's first... All time, number one, best game score by a Colorado Rockies pitcher, 95. You remember it well, September 17th, 2016, at home at Coors Field at the end of his first full season. Of course, came up in 2015, but 2016, his first full season against the San Diego Padres, strikes out 16 in a four-hit complete game shutout. Still the most strikeouts in a game by a Rockies pitcher by, by quite a lot. 13 is the next closest. A couple guys have done that over the course of his career. Set eight game scores of 75 or greater. Ties him for six most in franchise history. But it was that, that game at the end of 2016 at home when you caught a glimpse of what this young man could possibly be for this franchise. And while... I don't think he really reached those heights. If you look at what he was able to do on average, he definitely delivered. He's he's one of the greatest starting pitchers in franchise history. I don't think you can say he is the greatest. I think you could say he had the greatest pedigree. You could probably say the hope was that he was going to be a slam dunk greatest and possibly surpassed Ubaldo Jimenez or the low-key greatest guy in Jorge De La Rosa. But overall, there's a lot of numbers to suggest John Gray is in that class amongst the greatest. And now he is a member of the Texas Rangers. Another offseason, another frustrating result. But the one promising thing, of course, is there's been a flurry of action. It was one thing I had planned on getting to today on Monday's show before everything went crazy. Everything went haywire on Sunday, not even getting into the Max Scherzer business to the Mets. Will he, won't he? Several other deals going down. But the flurry of transactions make you think, you know what? Hey, maybe the Rockies will get in on something else before December 1st. And if they don't, 
It's not the end of the world because these teams are moving now anxiously and with serious ambition because when, once the lockout hits late Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, there's going to be no baseball of any capacity. There's already no games. We know that. We'll be discussing that. We'll talk with Drew Goodman about what this lockout means on Wednesday. We'll have a special live show on Thursday. Wait for that. Got a couple guests lined up to really break down what it all means, but it'll just be a timeout. And when the timeout is lifted, the Rockies will go ahead, make some transactions. There will still be some free agents left on the board. Could be a decent amount left on the board. But there's a flurry of moves happening now where I think teams want a little assurance before they come back from this break. That could be a month, could be two months. Hopefully we don't miss any games. If we miss spring training games, that will certainly suck. But it's the regular season that's going to be most important to not miss out on. So we'll see what the Rockies do here. They they won't be able to answer this one all the way. There's no way that you can come back from a loss of this magnitude when they were really trying to line things up so that this wasn't a loss. We know Trevor's story is gone. We knew that was happening. But John Gray? No, not John Gray. Yes, even John Gray. So hang in there. Please, please, please hang in there. Might be another cold winter, but we're going to have fun. We're going to look at obscure Rockies players from the past. We're going to have amazing folks on from the community, both the media side, the fan side. Super excited for Tuesday's guest. If I haven't already mentioned it, the great Luke Hall. That's right. At Oak Tree Status is going to be sitting down for a nice conversation with me on Tuesday. So you can expect to listen to that. Hear about who some of his favorite players were, who he was lining up in the backyard with his brother playing some wiffle ball. Who is he imagining himself as from the Rockies teams of the 90s and 2000s? That's the kind of fun content that we're going to have all offseason long. Got to have fun. It's baseball. It should be fun. And Rockies have fun too. Today, maybe not such a fun one. But we'll be okay. We will rebound. We'll do it together. Make sure you're following us at DNVR underscore Rockies. I am at Patrick D. Lyons. And for DNVR Sports, thank you for listening to the DNVR Rockies podcast. The folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for all of those smiling Colorado sports fans around town, especially our DNVR listeners who switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. And now, when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental, only 15 minutes from downtown Denver.